Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Välkomna till Rockbottom! Hej Erika! Hej Anders! Jag heter också Anders. Jaha, jag sa ju hej Anders. Ja, men jag är lite så här dagen före, dagen efter. Ja, ah, okej. Okay. Mm. På något sätt. Ja. Ah. Jag är nästan lite tagen idag. Varför det då? Därför att vi står inför eh, storhet. Ja, ah, det gör vi. Klassiskt band. Ja, ah, verkligen. Anvil. Anvil. Det här är ett band vi har talat om sedan vi var små barn, nästan. Eller, nu, så nu kanske inte ska överdriva, men oh, okej, okay, så är det i alla fall. Welcome, let's. We're very honored to have you here. Thank you, great to be here. How are you? I'm doing okay, you know. Yeah. It's uh, out on the road right now. Yeah, been, we've been, uh, I guess this is something like the 40th show. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's Since only got nine, nine shows left. Since be going. Pardon me? 1978, you started out with yeah. a band. That's a 40-year anniversary this year. That's a long time to be in well, rock and roll. Well, it's even longer than that because <laughs> I actually started playing with Rob in 1973. Okay. It's just that we didn't actually form the band that eventually made the records until 1977, and the first show was in 1978. Right. And the first band was called Lips, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you had Kiss in America, and you had Lips in Canada. Well, yeah, it's, it's something like that. <laughs> uh, how would you say um, Canadian rock bands stand out compared to their counterparts in in America and England? I mean, well, coming not from the, it's not the same. It's not the same because in in our in it's a different culture. It's not really the same. It's like trying to compare. <laughs> it's trying to really like. Just because you're part of Europe doesn't mean that everybody's the same. No, absolutely you know what I'm not. Saying? It's like it's yeah, you're from Sweden, but is Norway really the same as Sweden? Pretty not much, really. <laughs> but not we're really. definitely worlds apart from France or Germany or something. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Or it's yeah. trying to compare you guys to Germany, it's just it's just not the same. There are things that are the same. Yeah, there are blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in Germany. But it's not really it's not really the same, you know. But, but how has that difference between the U.S. and Canada? How did that translate into music? Well, it translates, and actually, I think that that 
particularly in metal music, that your your origin is reflected through your music in one way or another, whether you want it to be or not. You're part of you. It's it's kind of um, you could say it's genetic, right? Almost genetic in a certain sense. It's your environment. You're you're like my environment means that I'm. It's different for me because I I could listen I listen to music from the perspective of a Canadian, in the sense I listen to American music because it's foreign, and I and I listen to European music that it's foreign, but because I'm Canadian, I listen I take the influences from both places, and somehow my my indigenous being has a mix of that, makes a mix of that, which becomes Canadian. I don't know how or why, but that's kind of the way it works. But it's not its not really the same. Uh, the, the mentality is much different. The whole mentality of, of when you put a band together, how you keep going, the whole essence of the way that it is in Canada. It's not like you've got a million musicians to choose from and you when you when you meet, get a bunch of guys together you stay together you don't go running around and, and, and swapping bands because <laughs> right. there's not that many guys out there doing it right you got a way less population so the the options are are much smaller so your your whole your whole uh, that's why i'm saying the whole mentality is different um, when you join a band or when 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 we put the band together it was a, same members. I mean, I'm still playing with the same drummer that I did my whole life. It just in America, if you if you don't if you don't make it with your first endeavor or your first try, you go change musicians. You never think, oh, geez, I got to keep trying again. And we got to get better. We've got to get better. No, I'm going to go find someone else to play with, and I'll try that. It, it, it turns into that much more because the options are there. You know, you come from New York, there's a million musicians. Why you lock yourself into, well, I'm just going to play with the same guys for 20 years and try it. But how you is that? You don't think that way. You wouldn't think that way. Of course. And that's what the differences are. Yeah. Would you and, and Rob, you're the core. You're you're the core of Anvil, right? Right. How do you think, can, can it ever be possible for a third member to really fit in and be part of, well, of the luckily, core of Anvil? Yeah, but you know what's really interesting? Um, you know, you can you can try to find a right guy, but you won't find it. You gotta. It's all by chance. Mm-hmm. How is it that? It really is all by chance because what what is the right guy? But the, that's the case for most bands, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. I mean, you got it's a lucky draw. Could, it's a luck of the draw. It is whether you want to believe it or not. It really is, and what that's what I've discovered. And you don't know whether you've got the right guy until he's already there for a while, and right. then you realize what the differences were from having the wrong guy. And sometimes uh, you get lousy cards, and you get need to get uh, rid of them. That's right. And so, <laughs> okay, the luck of the draw brought the original members of my band. Okay. Yes, Rob and I are the main guys and have have been all along. And uh, let's face it, I've been writing all the music all along and virtually recording all everything, including the bass and the other guitars. Because in many, in some cases, the guys that we had couldn't didn't couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do it and and perform it live, but when it really came down to getting it perfect in the studio, it 
became my job. Okay. You know, and you go back to the first albums, uh, songs like Bedroom Game or or any of the fast songs, I ended up playing just with Rob. And everything else, I had to, oh, I overdubbed. Right. Because no one else was, no one else could play it tight the way I did. So I ended up doing the whole recording. Everyone's going, you guys were way better as a four-piece band. We never recorded one fucking album as a four-piece band. <laughs> ever. Ever. All the songs were all in the bed track form were always, always three-piece. Me, Robin, a, a bass player. And sometimes not the bass player because the bass player didn't play well enough to get use the tracks. So I ended up doing his overdubs, even when he didn't even know that it was getting done. <laughs> and that's the truth, too. You know, okay. We, and he was go, listening to the album going, he's, I he's, you know, really he's well downstairs. <laughs> he's downstairs playing on the playing on the playing ping pong on the on the on the on the, the tv screen and i'm upstairs playing his bass parts does he know <laughs> and then after it's done he comes up and he goes oh that sounds great he doesn't even know, he doesn't even know that i did it he's super proud of That's bass I, mean, I, I mean i mean these are the kind of things you know and you got to understand what it's like for me to to to, to listen to to live with all this afterwards and have people make comments about my music and they're going Completely wrong. <laughs> Survey says wrong. Yeah. I'd like know. to go back to, to the Canadian rock here because Canada has given birth to some amazing rock bands like Triumph, Love Triumph, Rush, of course, April Wine, and when Moxie. Remember from, Moxie? Yeah, when you come from Canada, you have no choice but to be unique. Otherwise, you won't. You, you couldn't get a record deal. You couldn't get. You couldn't play original music. No. Like when we went out, when we started as a band, which would make is much different than most most people's approach. They go out and do cover material. That's not the case with with what what the band Lips did. We went in, we went in and uh, wrote thirty or forty songs to begin with. Wrote our own songs, which is like you guys are nuts. <laughs> and all the other bands in the rehearsal room are going, you guys are nuts. Why you you're never going to get work, and they were right. It was next to impossible to get work. How are you going to book a band that's original? No one's heard their music. You want to hire a band that no one's heard your music? Well, I, I, the clubs weren't were not too open to it. But luckily, we found a, a way in and a, an agent that could put, book us up in up in northern Quebec, and we went up there and. We did our thing as an original band. Well, we did very well the first week. That's great. But then when the agent who booked us up there tried to get us more shows, they're going, can't do it. No one wants to hire the band. We're going, why? We we had lots of people. Everybody liked it. Why? Why? What's the problem? They go, I can't sell it. They go, you got to do some covers songs. There's no other way. So I'm going, oh, man. So we went in to a couple of obscure shows. Um, where you have to play five, six sets a night, and we started picking up songs. There's no one in the club. It's the middle of the week. It, it, everybody's out hunting because that's what people do in the, in the north, <laughs> and they don't come. But they don't come in till the, the weekend. So, um, you know, and the next song is "Stranglehold" by Ted Nugent, and the next song is "Stranglehold" by Ted Nugent, and you just keep rehearsing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so you know after after a couple and you 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 play a week so after you do a week of playing Ted Nugent's Stranglehold you you got a cover song <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, that, that's what we did. We picked up a, probably a, a eight or nine Ted Nugent songs, a Kiss song. Um, we redid Paint It Black, uh, Born to Be Wild, um, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone by the Monkees. Yeah. We did a version of that. And that was our cover songs. So what we would do, we'd do two of our, our own songs, one cover. Two of our own songs, one cover. And you'd do four or five sets like that a night. So it was still predominant. It was still predominantly all of our own material, but we used other stuff to get us bookings to get us bookings and oh. get our foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And then once we got, once we got, of course we we started getting really known. We started we made our own pyro techniques, our own pyro, which is completely illegal. It was even illegal then, but you'd go into a you go into the gunpowder. You had a little buying, <laughs> buying gunpowder. Some of the stuff that we, we experienced was just incredible. We used to make bombs, but they're not not really bombs. We call them bombs. Like smoke, smoke bombs. They're smoke bombs, uh, but basically uh, a very slow burning uh, slow burning gunpowder, and you mix it with tea, tea? with, with tea? bag tea, like oh. black tea. You mix it with black tea, and we, we'd put it into um, an electrical light box. Mm-hmm. And put a piece of copper wire with it, with a with a, a throw switch. So you got so, a spark. So you got a spark. So it set it off. So that's how we. That's how what our bombs were. We go into a junior. We go into and play a, a high school or into the schools at one of the gigs, and we set off a couple of T bombs. They called the RCMP. Why? <laughs> we're setting off marijuana bombs. <laughs> And like you. the cops are going, you guys are setting off mar- like they they couldn't believe it. You're setting off marijuana bombs trying to get all the kids high. And we're going, come on, there's got to be a better way to get them high than that. Come on, man, be realistic. What? what look at what we're doing. We make they're taking triple FG and mixing it with mixing it with tea. And here's the you know we had the ammo boxes, real. Real ammo boxes that you get at the, that you used to be able to buy at, mm-hmm. at the army surplus store, just for safety's sake. You keep the gunpowder and the, and everything mm-hmm. in sp- special boxes, so there's no uh, chance that it could get get a flame or anything near it. When they when they looked at it, they went, "You guys are that's genius. That's a great idea." <laughs> but okay, we'll let the principal know that it's not marijuana. Okay? <laughs> And so that like, rumor was actually true about the marijuana bombs. <laughs> no, <laughs> heard there about was, it. <laughs> it just, I guess the tea, when the tea burnt, it smelled yeah. like marijuana. I mean, I don't know. It's no, you like never burnt. smelled marijuana. I never. I've never set marijuana <laughs> off in a bomb. I, I've rolled it in a joint, but I never put it in a bomb. Such a waste to put it in the bomb. Is it true that uh, that Sebastian Bach had a brief stint as your vocalist? Pardon me. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Did he have? Did he? Sing with the band for a while. Oh no 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 no! Is that no. just a rumor? No, we we uh, rehearsed at the same in the same building. Oh okay. And he was in a band called Kid Wicked mm-hmm. um, when he was a, just a kid, and um, I just remember him coming to the you know coming to our our rehearsal room door, and he go, oh no, not that guy again. Oh. <laughs> um, but not not because. It was mostly because he was just so over the top. He was enthusiastic. 
Well, and he still is ADHD. Let's face it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like, oh my god, you guys are man. It's just like, oh no, <laughs> he's a handful. Yeah, he, a, he was still always is. like hardwired. This guy's like crazy, you know. Um, you know, I'd be walking down Young Street, all of a sudden, you're hey, Lance. I'm going, oh no, and here comes that guy again. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've I've been we've been friends for many many years. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's probably about five to seven years younger than me. So, yeah. And so it was a, a younger kid that rehearsed at the same rehearsal place. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there was um, there was a, 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 a club called the Gasworks, which is a main a main club in downtown Toronto, and it was going to close down. And as it as it turned out, Sebastian calls me. And he says, listen, we're going to have... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Putting on the, the last show at the Gasworks, Anvil's got to play, and Gatto is playing. All the Canadian guys that went through that club. Gatto was a great band. Yeah, and we're, we're yeah, <laughs> we can talk about that in a second. But. So as it turned out, I was, I was just about to leave to go to Florida, go down and visit my parents, and who stay there in the winter time. And I go, and well, I can't make it. So, whoever was around, and Sebastian sang that night. Oh, for Anvil because I wasn't there. Right, so that's, so where, that's the rumor, where the rumor yeah. came yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gato, wasn't the, didn't they have a song called "Under the Table"? Here I am under the table. Like, no, under your hat. Uh, yeah, under your hat. Under, under your hat. No, under the table. Under your hat sounds more like a Canadian song. Maybe maybe the song I'm thinking about is within the band then, because it's definitely under the table, the song I'm thinking about. And I thought it was Gado. Or is it The Gods? It's under your hat. The Gods, maybe. (laughs) We have to talk about the documentary, the story of Anvil. Since that, in 2008, right? You you basically skyrocketed back on the scene. Yeah, it's 10 years ago, basically. Mm -hmm. What do you think made Anvil so appealing to new fans? After that, 
movie. It was a gripping movie. Yeah, it was revealing. It was sincere. The thing is, you know, a lot of a lot of bands go, "Oh, it's it's our story." No, it's not your story. You can, you, yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah, your your hard times and what you go through to be in a band and all that. But it's not your story. It's our story. Mm-hmm. And what makes p- part of that story work is the fact that in 1982, when we went and played the Marquee Club, there's a 15 year old kid banging at the at the door. We let that kid in and became friends with him. We were astounded. Wow, look at this English kid. He knows every one of our songs inside out. He's look at how enthusiastic. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. Really nice kid. Um, he shows us around London with the, it, it, just fantastic, fantastic uh, connection that mm-hmm. happened at that moment. We let the kid in, whereas many bands would go, go away, buzz off. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not what we were. We were like, wow, this is, I mean, it was new to us. Wow, this kid knows all about our music and he's, he's from England. You know? <laughs> but we thought it was an astounding thing and we became friends and as, as, as that worked out, he his his mother was from Toronto, from our hometown, and he started coming visiting us in Canada. From that, we start we said, "Well, since you're here, <laughs> come with us on the road." You can. He's a drummer, so okay, set up Rob's drums, and you can help uh, help out on the road. Well, we gave this kid the time of his life. Okay. Well, as time goes on, of course, people he grew up, he, we separate. I haven't seen him in years. He becomes a screenwriter for Steven Spielberg. He, <laughs> he went to he went to the film school in in L.A. He became really 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 good in the craft to the point that Spielberg uh, hired him. Okay, so I I'm don't know any of this. I you know I I go to this festival in Italy, and this is an interesting interesting uh, aspect. I go to this festival in Italy, and who's playing there? They've got candle mass. Right, and I have no idea that who the guys in Candlemas are because, but we talk about this particular show at the Marquee in London. Well, it just so happens that the two members of Candlemas, when they were 15, 16 years old, were at that show. <laughs> wow. Okay, very, very peculiar. I don't know how to explain this, but ultimately. We're sitting at that festival in Italy in 2005. Knock, knock, knock at our little, our little change room. In come the two guys from Candlemas, and they go, "Hey, man, you remember us? We met you on Carnaby Street." I go, "Yeah, I think I do." You those two sweetest kids that we met on Carnaby Street when we were buying bullet belts? They go, "Yeah." They go, "Holy shit! No way!" (laughs) You know? Okay, uh, and then. You showed up to the gig. I remember you showing up to the gig. Well, yeah, we've got a picture. Here's a picture. Holy shit. <laughs> There's a picture. And they go, oh, by the way, and Jonas Ackerland took the picture. <laughs> no okay. way. Okay, this just weird shit, okay? Like, we can go on and on and on. But, you know, and then forward forward 35, 35 years, I'm, I'm doing a Q&A in Los Angeles. Jonas Ackerland comes walking up to me, and he goes, hey, man, I saw you at the marquee. <laughs> you're finding out that we're all there at the same time. So I introduced him to Sasha, who was also the, the, the director, who was mm-hmm. also at that show. You know, we're all connect like years later going, holy, holy shit. <laughs> like, how does this all work? Well, it just does. It's just the way that, 
you know, we're all living in the same time, time and, and, and place, really, ultimately. So the world is a lot smaller than you think it is. And the people that all know each other, it's all the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like I said, we're at this festival and I, I, I realize, oh, wow, you guys are the kids that I met in, in the UK back in, in its day. And then I started telling them about Sasha, who I hadn't talked to, like I said, in years. I get an email when I arrive home from, from Italy from Sasha. What the f- What is going on? Like, very, very odd. Okay, so Sasha's tell. I don't know that what's happened to Sasha, that he'd become a, a screenwriter for Spielberg, and he invites me to come to Los Angeles. Well, that's nice that you're going to invite me. Where am I getting money? I go to Los Angeles, you know. He's going, oh, don't worry about that. I'll send a ticket. And I'm going, yeah, right. He says, give me your address. So I'm thinking, well, what the fuck have I got to lose? So mm-hmm. I give him my address. Next next day, there's a knock at my door. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, FedEx or UPS or whatever. Here's your ticket. So I guess I'm going to L.A. <laughs> okay. I get down to Los Angeles. I'm standing on the on the platform when you come, you know, to where the cars come to pick you up. And I see this little blue Jaguar convertible driving up and I'm looking at, at the guy driving and it, it's the 15 year old, <laughs> but he's now 36, right? And I'm looking, I'm going, holy shit, he's got a beard. He's <laughs> it's like, what? It's it just really sur- surreal because your, your last vision is this skinny little, uh, uncoordinated teenager mm-hmm. and now he's a full grown man he's a right you know he's a a, 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 a 30 in his 30s right and I'm going wow okay you get in his car and we just start talking and it's like hey it was like the last time I saw him was yesterday we're still talking about the same stuff and <laughs> carrying on he decides to make a movie and that changed everything right changed everything so it's just amazing how everything has its connections, but it's all connected only because I'm at the center of it. It wouldn't be if I wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's just really very, very bizarre. But, um, the, but the, the movie did turn things around for you because... Oh, absolutely. Uh, you but, it, now, but this is what I'm saying, that the difference, the difference is, and the, the sake for the... For the the, the, the aspect it's not everybody's story because you needed to have, have become friends with this with the screenwriter when he was 15 years old <laughs> yeah. for this to materialize later it wasn't a kid with a with a with a, a video camera is going to make your movie it's somebody who's working in hollywood yeah. <laughs> so when he sat me down and said i'm going to make a movie i mean i just i just broke out crying i knew it i knew what it was i knew what it meant yeah because I'm the type of person I'm going to give it to you. You're going to you're going to have a movie. My personality. Who am I? I can bring it. I know I can bring it. I I have that 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 confidence in me that not, not it's not only confidence but maybe a lack of a lack of of of, of insecurity. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. care what people think. Put a camera on camera on me. I don't give a shit. Right. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Where did you get the stamina from to carry on when, when things were not going that well? Uh, you it wasn't, started- wasn't so much. I don't. I don't look at it, at it as a stamina. It was just. A, it was just a, the the reality of the moment. I I never looked at it like I had it so bad. What's having it so bad, man? I had a following 
I made a, I made three albums initially and created a following that in Europe they don't go away. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the that's the real truth. It doesn't it never goes away. And they're coming tonight. And Proof they're coming tonight, tonight and they've been coming yeah. for 40 fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the that's what the truth is. So what was there to worry about? I mean, once I got started and once you know, once after the first album when I dropped all the Ted Nugent material, I went, "Now I'm doing it." I have been I've been successful since that day. I'm from so- my from my perspective. So there's there is no downside to it I became my own original I became an original artist and that's what I became whether I'm making a million dollars or making ten dollars I have a following that will always follow my band I put out records and they buy my records and there uh, there's always enough sales to make another record so it's not a story about it's not a story about tough times I, I did it all the way I wanted to when I wanted to how I want who I wanted to do it with my entire career so there is no downside there's no there's no negativity in in the aspect of okay I didn't I didn't have a full-time job doing this so what did that do well that that counteracted what Lemmy told me not to do don't ever get married well I did get married and I had a kid but because the band wasn't so so successful I had time to go and do a regular job and make enough of a living to buy myself a house raise my family and and then finally at the end of the day when I couldn't do the, the manual labor anymore I get a movie made about me and it makes me big <laughs> enough so I don't I can retire from doing manual labor and be full time on the road so, so that's where do success, I get that energy from that's a success like, story not, really it's from ah. not doing it like I should have been doing it when I was young and now when when I can it's like holy fuck man like, I got it made in the shade man <laughs> Like that—that's where it's all. What it, how it all works out. And we're so looking forward to hearing Stranglehold tonight. <laughs> you know that was a lot of work to learn. That. <laughs> Good song. It's a terrific song. Yeah. We have, uh, like to finish off here actually uh, with um, a question we ask everybody, uh, and it's about their cringe song, uh, a song that you really wouldn't admit among your friends that you really dig. Uh, oh. <laughs> So a song that yeah, it could be anything. Something could that could be quite surprising. That's lips. Uh, you really listen to that? Could be something from a child. Well, perhaps. I mean, you know, I, I, I could say that. I could say Neil Diamond. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Sweet you know, Caroline. There, there's many Neil Diamond songs that I'm going. That's absolutely amazing. I I love the song Solitary Man. Oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. Which song. is yeah. like, you know, amazing song. Amazing. Yeah. The the melody, the the way that the song it's it just a yeah. good song is a good song <laughs> I mean there's a lot of Neil Diamond songs I'm a Neil Diamond fan <laughs> yeah Sweet, Sweet Caroline find is that, great find that astounding how could that be well it, it is I, I happen to really like Neil Diamond why I don't know I just do you don't have to to be ashamed of that I love Tom Jones <laughs> well I do too that's another another great another great vocalist that I don't think I mean that's a great vocalist yeah <laughs> No rock singer. I mean, come on. Richie Blackmore said he was looking for a singer that sang that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine if Tom yeah, wanted I mean, to be I, Imagine if yeah. Tom Jones had sang for Deep Purple. Yeah. It would have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That guy had one of the most powerful mid-range tone voices you've ever heard in your life. 
<laughs> Do you remember in the 80s when, when Sabbath uh, changed singer all the time and, and uh, Ronnie left and Ian Gillen joined the band and Ian Gillen left? Kerrang! actually did a spoof. They found a picture with Tom Jones doing the horn sign oh. and they said Tom Jones is joining Black Sabbath oh. and everybody <laughs> believed it for a second. <laughs> that would have been... Uh, I mean, look at the A good voice is a good voice. It doesn't matter what the genre of music it is. True. You know, I mean, recently it's actually interesting is I, I came to realize about Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, in a certain sense, no different than Bob Dylan. Not the most, not the most polished voice, but there was something very magical, mm-hmm. very magical about it. And the song, I Walked the Line, I listened to it the other night as an example. I went, look, listen, the guitars are completely out of tune in the, produ- in the production. Like, you'd never record something like that today. Like, the average producer would go, oh, my God, tune the guitar. You can't, you're not going on. But no, it's just that when you listen to the out-of-tune vocals, to the out-of-tune guitar, it's like, that's magic. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be the same if it was all in tune. It would not be the same. Perfection has ruined many things. That's right. <laughs> and that, that, that's what I was about to say, that it's actually, it's music and art is not about perfection. It really isn't. It's actually, if anything, I think it's more about imperfection. Mm-hmm. Words of wisdom from Anvil. Lips. Thank you so much. Lips. Fantastic <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> Thank Thanks you so much. And I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could. Vi ska bara säga bottoms up, tycker jag. Or up to bottom. Eller rock bottom. On the bottom. Kan vi också säga. In the bottom. (laughs) Hej då, Anders. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.